0: what is going on everybody welcome back to the showcase sports show i am griffin conant your co-host alongside me my partner in crime
1: elijah cornejo how you doing e I'm doing good, man. I've been uh, sitting on the couch doing a lot of football research this last week. Yes, uh, football's back. College I can't football believe started it. Started this last weekend, and NFL starts on Thursday.
0: Very, very excited. How about that? Uh, we also attended a lot of barbecues this week. Uh, real random.
1: We did multiple <laughs> family barbecues. Yeah, it was it was a good week. I would say it, it was. You- Lots of burgers, lots of brats, lots of yep. hot dogs, lots of beer, man. That's couldn't right. be happier. It
0: was a perfect week, and here we are now doing our podcast. It, it, life couldn't be better right now. Griff, let's talk some basketball here.
1: Playoffs, midway through the second round. Hold uh, on, E. Oh hold boy. on.
0: Real quick, before we get this NBA segment started, I have to get something off my chest. Oh, boy. To all of our listeners out there, in past episodes, I've been a little harsh on Jimmy Butler. That's uh, right. This and is true.
1: You do owe an apology.
0: Yes. We're, we're going to start a new segment here on the show called Public Apology. And unfortunately, I'm the first one who gets to make a public apology. I want to apologize to Jimmy Butler. That's right. Miami Heat, Jimmy Butler. He's playing out of his mind right now in the second round. He's
1: absolutely dominating the Bucks right now. Yeah. Dominating them. He's, he, he's propelled them into a 3-1 lead.
0: I'm pretty sure I called him a cancer.
1: Which you did. I'm not
0: going to lie. I'm not going to apologize for this, because I think in past years on previous teams, he has been a cancer. But I think he's found a home in Miami. I really I do, do. too.
1: So that could be—now, Do you, now, do you think that's a mature thing, or do you think that that's because of a just a fit thing?
0: I think it is a fit thing. I really do. I think Jimmy Butler is one of those guys for this Heat team that his teammates respect, honestly. I mean, you've seen countless times throughout these playoffs where he's pretty much been in, in the team huddle or timeouts telling his team that I'm the guy, I'm going to win us this game, I'm going to hit this shot. And I think his teammates respect him for that.
1: I totally agree. He seems definitely like the alpha dog down there in Miami right now. He is the number one option, and it's honestly without question. They do it in a, the right way where they're not suppressing the play of Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Bam. That's you know, right. They're still able to reach their full potential and be able to play at their most, essentially maximize their value right now. And that's really what that whole entire team's doing. That's why they're clicking on all cylinders. No, absolutely. I think
0: we're just seeing a different Jimmy Butler right now in this bubble, in these playoffs. And and Jimmy, if you're listening right now, which you're probably not listening, but (laughs) I hope you are. Jimmy, if you if you slack off one second, I am gonna be on you, though. Okay, this isn't just <laughs> he has got a short uh, This isn't like an all time. Oh, I'm a Jimmy Butler guy now. You know, you mess up one time, Jimmy, I will call you out on this show. Oh boy, here we that's, go. That's that's all I'm gonna say because now I'm gonna be look. I'm, I'm gonna look like an
1: idiot again. So don't make me look like an idiot again, Jimmy. Please. So, so now that Jimmy Butler is absolutely dominating the Bucks and they're up three to one, they almost got the sweep on him. What do you think? Do you think the Heat are gonna go to the finals? You think? You know, the Bucks are gonna come back, you think they're just gonna go to the conference finals? Where's their path from here? Well, first
0: off, the Bucks are out. I, I don't give them any shot at all in this series. I mean, no wow. NBA team has ever come back from a three oh deficit. That's fair. So I they're done. I think the Bucs are done, especially with Giannis. Reaggravating that ankle injury that he sustained in this series. So he's not questionable for Game 5. I think his status is kind of uncertain at the moment. But yeah, Bucks don't stand a chance. That's a whole other segment we can kind of talk about. But going to your question about the Heat, I think this team definitely has the pieces to contend for a ship right now. Just the way they've been playing, I, I think that was their first loss in the playoffs, wasn't it? Why not? You know, I think the Heat could definitely make a run right now. I think they could definitely beat the Celtics or the Raptors in the East. And I definitely think they can contend with... The team's out West. So we'll kind of just see what happens.
1: Definitely. I totally agree with you. You know, like I actually said in the first episode, I've had these dudes go into the the finals for quite some time. This was one of my hot takes that I actually thought I was going to have to apologize for. But they're killing it right now, man. They're going to take down pretty much the number one seed if they do finish them off here in game five. I don't know. Like you were saying, they're clicking on literally all cylinders right now. They almost got the clean sweep, but the refs blew a call and they lost in overtime to the Bucks. So I guess kind of going off of that... The Bucs, where do you think they go from here? Is Giannis going to leave next year in free agency? You know, E, I think there's a good
0: chance that he does. I think Giannis just, he's such a superstar in this league. Milwaukee's just not a big market team. And you've seen it time and time and time again, these huge superstars in the NBA leaving their small market teams to go play for larger teams. Carmelo Anthony,
1: LeBron James. I guess to play devil's advocate about what you're saying, I don't know he really cares as much about the market. That's fair. Because he just doesn't seem like one of those dudes that needs, like like when Melo left Denver, he went to New York, on purpose because he wanted to... I mean, he was traded, but he demanded a trade there. Right. He wanted to be in the Big Apple. He wanted to be in the spotlight. I don't know. Giannis is necessarily like that. If he leaves, I see him going to a team like the Rockets. I mean, Houston's still a pretty big market, but the Rockets... I could actually see him going to Miami. Right. I think that would be... Oh my gosh, that's like match made in heaven. I think, yeah, Yeah. no kidding. I would
0: love him to go there, and that's that's a whole other argument too um, that I was kind of going to get to as well. Kind of what you were talking about with Giannis. He's not kind of your average superstar, so I think if anybody would stay in a place like Milwaukee it would be honest I agree Yeah we'll just have to wait and see of course this is very disappointing for the Bucks if the Bucks can't win games he's going to leave um,
1: They they seem like they're just kind of regular season warriors right now you know right. they kill it in the regular season but I think the NBA is almost kind of like the only sport where the regular season really doesn't play a huge factor. I feel like it's kind of known who's going to make the playoffs, except for maybe the last two or three seeds in each conference, and then it's kind of up for grabs. It's a superstar Every, league. Right. Everyone sure. knew the Bucks were going to be either probably the one or the two or the three seed, right. and they just came out on top as the one seed. But they are not playing like the best team in the East or, you know, for that matter, the best team in the league. They're not even close. No, not even close. And I know this team doesn't have a ton of
0: playoff experience or experience in general, but you got to start questioning when it becomes a coaching problem for Milwaukee. and They're stacked. They're, they have a good roster. They do. They're very deep. And if you can't win with this roster that you have now, I mean, go look at Philadelphia and what the Sixers are doing. I mean, Trust. they got some talent, but they thought that Brett Brown wasn't the answer. So at what point do you say, hey,
1: maybe we've got to go a different way in Milwaukee? Right. I definitely see where you're coming from. I just think basketball is very interesting where I think coach, I mean, obviously coaches play a role and they're very important. I think especially it's the least to-
0: important. Coaching wise right. in, in all of the sports. Exactly. Like, I really do. Right. Coach but in, I in think
1: I, I actually agree with you here because I think the Bucks are a team that need a good coach. Like if you're the Lakers, I could go coach the team and yeah. they would be damn good. Right. Right. But I feel like the Bucks are more of a team. Yes, Giannis is a superstar, but do you want Giannis taking the last second shot to go win a ball game unless he's driving the lane? Do you I don't want know. him from mid range or from outside? I don't think so. I think that's where you need a coach to come in, drop those plays, get that off. Offensive, you know, mojo going. Speaking of coaching in the NBA, Steve Nash hired by the Brooklyn Nets. Griff, what are your that? thoughts?
0: You know, Steve Nash, of course, the heralded. Phoenix Suns point guard for so many years. Also with the Dallas Mavericks, kind of in the beginning of his career. But I think this is an interesting hire for sure. I know a a couple weeks ago, we were kind of talking about Greg Popovich, maybe going to Brooklyn. There were kind of some rumors there circulating about him. But yeah, Steve Nash to Brooklyn. I think this just kind of clarifies kind of what we're talking about, about the NBA and the coaching, because Steve Nash has never coached in the NBA before. He has zero coaching experience prior to this upcoming season. I think they just believe that they can win with guys like
1: Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. And I think that's kind of the mindset in the NBA. I agree. I think he's more of a player's coach, definitely, and that's kind of why they brought him in. For sure. Um, I think it almost makes him a little bit more attractive in a free agency destination, too. I don't know. I have no idea how I feel about the Steve Nash thing. I don't know if the dude is a good coach or not. I know he's obviously... Do one you, of the smartest players I've ever seen right. you know, dribble a basketball, but I don't know. Who knows? He could be like Jason Kidd. He that's, could be just garbage and not work out. Who knows? I, I don't know. That's what I was going to ask you because Jason Kidd,
0: of course, one of the all-time assists leaders in NBA history, one of the smartest players to ever play. He was kind of average as a coach. Yeah. Do you think Steve Nash kind of follows in Jason Kidd's footsteps and is kind of mediocre or do you think he could actually end up being a good coach?
1: I think if I had to put my money on it I'd say he'd be a average to slightly above average coach. I don't think he'll ever be a superstar like Greg Popovich or you know Coach K at Duke. I don't think he'll ever really you know achieve that status but I don't at the same time think he's going to be kind of a a bonehead like Jason Kidd was. I think he's going to sit there he's going to win a lot of games there in Brooklyn, because that is a damn good team right there. You know, I mean, if you have Kyrie and KD, those are They'll be two of the top seven purest scorers in the league, in my opinion. Right. So I think he's got kind of an easy roster there to coach. Yeah, so I'd say he'd be average, slightly above average, but I can't see him really busting and getting fired halfway through the year, and I can't necessarily see him being a Hall of Fame coach. But who knows? I've been wrong before, and this is kind of a tricky topic. I'm not really sure.
0: Absolutely. I think his team is definitely going to carry him a little bit because of the talent that the Nets have. Right. But he's in that Eastern Conference, which isn't as competitive as the West, so Mm -hmm. he can compete, no doubt about it.
1: Yeah, I think he's going to kind of sit in that echelon of coaching, kind of like Ty Lue, where once Kyrie and KD end up leaving, you know, Brooklyn whether they're there for the rest of their careers or if they blow up like, you know, teams like that usually do because they both have too big egos. You may see him go out the door with kd and kyrie like this may be just a unit thing you know like once that's over he may no longer be the coach there or who knows he'll be there for a long time i'm not really sure real quick too i think what the nets are trying to do with that whole player coach Mm -hmm. strategy
0: thing guys like kevin durant kyrie irving they might benefit from this i think they're more what's the word independent players as in i think they drive better when they they're kind of like left alone right yes yeah kind of when they're
1: they um, the coach allows them to let them play their game. Right, not, they're not right. shoved into a system. Those are the words I'm looking for. Right, right. Right. So like in football, you see a lot of coaches come in and then they try to push like position those players to, you know, fit that system. Totally agree. I see what you're saying. Yep. I don't think that happens in the NBA, especially in Brooklyn, no right. way. So let's head
0: over to the other side of the Eastern Conference playoff bracket between the Boston Celtics and the Toronto Raptors. The Boston Celtics actually just won Game 5, so they're now up 3-2 to in that series. A huge win for the Boston Celtics. What are your kind of thoughts on that series? Do you think the Celtics can close it
1: out? I do. I think they're going to go ahead and take it home in Game 6. Very interesting series to start. First two games, boston punched Toronto right in the mouth, and then Toronto punched back and was able to win two in a row and tie the series. And then today, Boston easily handled the Raptors, but I definitely think that game six is going to be similar to the first two games of the series and Boston's going to take it home. I don't know. I just think that they're kind of a superior team right now. I think the Raptors are really missing a guy right now, like Kawhi to really push them over the top. Don't get me wrong. I I still think they're a very, very good team in the East. I'd say they're probably the third best behind, you know, the heat and the Celtics, but I don't know. I I think Boston's going to lock it up in six.
0: Okay. I see where you're coming from. The Celtics have been very impressive so far in these playoffs, but I think the Toronto Raptors are actually a very resilient team.
1: They are. That, uh, that, this is true.
0: And I think the series demonstrates that. I mean, they were down 2-0, to zero, come back to win two in a row to tie up the series. They even had that crazy Game 3 buzzer-beater win when it looked like the Celtics were going to go up 3-0 just like that. So I think when the Raptors are kind of, when their backs are up against the wall, even even last year when they yeah. won, the, won it all, I think that's when they play their best. I really do. Of course, they're missing guys like Kawhi from last year's team. But they're still the defending champs, and I, and I think you know it'd be silly to count them out
1: yeah no i definitely see what you're saying i think they are indeed a resilient team i just kind of think right now like i said they're missing that last superstar piece to really push them over the top the Um, kawaii right like like when i look at that team who do i want taking that last shot who is going to be like in miami you know jimmy butler is the alpha dog who is the alpha in that locker room is it kyle lowry I don't know if I feel that comfortable with Kyle Lowry taking that last shot. You know, is it it Van Fleet? Is it Siakam? I think Siakam's young, and he needs to grow into that piece. And I think he eventually will. I just don't think they're there yet this year. But I definitely see what you're saying. I wouldn't sleep on them either. Over to the Western Conference, we have the Nuggets and the Clippers. Game three is actually underway right now. We are recording on Monday, the 7th. Anyway, the series is tied 1-1 as the game's getting kicked off right now. What does that series look like to you? What are you seeing out? Well, I'm looking forward to watching that game after
0: uh, we get done recording this podcast because we did DVR it. We did. We did record it. So we're going to break it down after this (laughs) podcast and let you know what we think next week. But this is an interesting series. A lot of people weren't really high on the nuggets coming in, especially after that game one win for the Clippers, kind of in dominating fashion, actually. So I don't think a lot of people were high on the Nuggets, but they came out game two with kind of that playoff intensity, held Kawhi to 13 points. He scored zero points in that fourth quarter, which I thought was very impressive for that Denver squad. But, you know, I think the Clippers do have a more talented team, but I think the Nuggets, they have a couple X factors that if if they can get going, kind of guys like Gary Harris, Jeremy Grant, Paul Millsap, kind of like you saw in game two. Mm-hmm. Don't count out the Nuggets. I, I will say
1: that. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. I still think this is kind of the Clippers series to lose. I would definitely put my money on the Clippers in probably six. I could see it going seven. Like you were saying, the X-Factors, I think Gary Harris, Jeremy Grant, and Tory Craig. Okay. Between those three players, especially Tory Craig and Gary Harris, to be able to lock up Kawhi and PG, I think that's the X factor of the entire series. If you can limit their production like the Nuggets limited Kawhi in game two. That's the way to win if you're the Nuggets. But Like I said, it's Kawhi Leonard. I don't necessarily like their chances for shutting them down for a whole entire series, but I don't know. We'll see. I, I definitely do give the Nuggets more of a fighting chance than a lot of people do. You know, like after the, the blowout in game one, everyone was saying like, oh, get out the brooms. It's going to be right. asleep. Nuggets don't stand a chance. Skip Bayless um, said Clippers and three. Well, you know, Cl- so, Skip Bayless which, says a not lot even of mathem- stupid stuff. That's not so. even
0: mathematically possible, Skip Bayless. Yeah, so Skip, if you're listening to this
1: too, you know, it's not going to be in three. Honestly, I'm not shocked Skip said that. He's not the brightest bulb in the pack when it comes to sports takes. That's why he's on a debate show. I wish he could come on our podcast for an apology week or whatever that's we're right. doing in the new segment. Someday. To absolutely throttle some of his hot takes. That's right. Lots of them have not panned
0: out. I feel bad for Shannon Sharp. Uh, That shout-out undisputed on Fox Sports over there. But, (laughs) man, I feel bad for Shannon sometimes.
1: Yep. Anyway, moving on. Lakers and Rockets tied at 1-1 apiece. Game 3, I believe, is on Tuesday the 8th. So, again, that'll happen before this episode drops. What are you seeing out of there, Griff? It's been kind of a... uh a series of two different tales.
0: You know, I was just about to say that, actually. I was actually (laughs) going to say that the two games that they've played so far have been a tale of two different tales. Tale of two different tales. I don't know if that's it. (laughs) Sorry, I said that wrong. (laughs) But you're right. That's exactly what it's been. But, E, game one was just totally dominated by the Rockets. I mean, James Harden scored 36, I think. Also a weird stat for you, E, before game two, James Harden, I think, had a 10-game streak of where he... Scored 30-something plus against LeBron James. So, very weird stat there. Wow. Uh, game two, though, they bottled them up a little bit better. I think the Lakers kind of took control. You kind of saw that veteran presence with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I mean, you knew those guys weren't going to play the way they did in game one. So, they had that bounce back game. Uh, LeBron had, what, 28 points. Anthony Davis had 34. So, that's a combined 72 or 62 points. Excuse my math. I'm not. I'm not a math major, so I'm not very good at math. <laughs> but yeah, that is. I believe that's 62. That's what my stats guy is telling me right now. Points combined in that game. Now, I, I have been high on the Rockets coming into this playoffs. Of course, it's been noted that I I do like that team. But the Lakers are just on another level. I stand by what I say. I think the Lakers are the best team in this bubble. They haven't been really
1: playing like it, but I think they are the best team. I really do. I'll tell you why the Rockets didn't win game two. Okay. And it is, the answer is simple. Hit me and with the stats. Russell Westbrook, okay? In game two, shot an abysmal four for 15 from the field. Yeah. Uh, one for seven from three. He did have 13 boards, but he had four assists. You're a point guard. If you're not scoring, you got to be he, distributing. And he's just not doing it right now. He had more rebounds than points. He did. he Only had,
0: rebounds, 10 points. He
1: had 10 points. And that's, for 15 shots, that's just not okay. You know, you see... James Harden here he only shot 6 for 12 and had 27 points. Right. That's much more efficient. That's how you win ball games. Russell Westbrook's not doing that. I've never been a huge Russell Westbrook fan just specifically because of his efficiency. I don't think he's an efficient player at all. He's he not. fires up bricks. He's all, not a good shooter. He's not a good shooter, but it's not even that he's not a good shooter. There's a lot of players in the league that are not good shooters, but they're efficient offensively he's a bad shooter but he also fires up even worse shots his shot decision making is it's baffling it's horrible. It, it's like the worst in the league, yeah. uh, honestly. I'm not sure if there's a stat out there for that. If there is, I'd like to find what, out what that is. But honestly, his shooting decisions are just very poor. And this leads right there to why the Lakers are going to probably dominate the Rockets, in my opinion, in the rest of the series.
0: If there is one thing for you Rockets fans out there to be encouraged by, it, it is that Russell Bre- Westbrook, not Breastbook, sorry, oh, I in <laughs> It's that he, I mean, yeah, like you said, he only scored 10 points, and they ended up losing 117. One oh nine. So if you do get any kind of contribution there from Russell Westbrook, I think they do actually have kind of a shot in this series because, I mean, LeBron James and AD just absolutely went off in right. Game 2. So even if they can just get a little bit more out of them, I think they're going to really prevail, honestly, in I a totally couple of these agree. games.
1: Just improve your efficiency and you'll win. Right. Well, it's really that simple, and you know you don't have to score. Russell Westbrook—that's the beauty of the Houston Rockets right now. He does not have to score 35 points a game like he did in OKC for them to win and move right. on to the playoffs. He's not that player for the Rockets. Just play efficient. Right. That's all you have he, to do, and he—I think he's just inept of doing it. Well,
0: honestly. I think I don't know if he's putting a lot of pressure on himself or he's trying to force himself. It's just the way and, he and, plays. And how he plays? Yeah. I, he
1: just takes the most reckless shots.
0: But he's not that guy like he was in OKC anymore. James Harden is that guy, and and for the Rockets. I mean, he's the dude that's going to be taking all these last-second shots. I mean, right. he is the guy. If you're Russell Westbrook, you just got to yeah go back to that efficient play
1: kinda, that he was playing a couple years ago where he was averaging a triple-double throughout the regular season. And I think that triple-C... Okay, I've never been a huge Russ Westbrook guy, just like I said, the efficiency. Even when he was averaging a triple-double, I think that was very inflated. You saw him a lot of times literally stealing rebounds from his teammates to hit that triple-double in his MVP year. Don't get me wrong, he was amazing that year. I'm not taking anything away from there. But I think I have always not liked, especially Russell Westbrook, going to Houston because I think if you put a point guard there like Drew Holiday instead of Russell Westbrook, I think the Rockets are a million times better. Because I think Harden needs that to maximize his potential and his value. I think you need a really efficient point guard. So like like I said, Drew Holiday is the perfect fit there. I would have much rather him been in Houston than Russell Westbrook.
0: He he was the worst player on the floor for the Rockets. I'm I'm looking at the stats right now. He was the worst player for the Houston Rockets. P.J. Tucker had a better game. I mean, Roko had a better game than him. Eric Gordon had a... He had 24 He shot 50%, yeah. 50% from the floor. Well, Six of 12 from three. When Eric Gordon is shooting 50% from three, got to find a way to win the game. That's
1: why the Rockets are good, man. They, yeah. they have all of these pieces that fit well around Harden, except for Russell Westbrook. I know I'm probably going to end up paying for this. This he'll is probably, probably going to be a hot take. He'll erupt next game. But he probably will. will probably drop 50 and i will look like a moron. But yeah. seriously, I think if you put a guy like Drew Holiday there... Much better team. Much better team. All right, let's head to the rink and talk
0: some Stanley Cup playoff action here. We're getting down to the nitty-gritty, E. We're down to four teams. In the west, we got the Stars and the Vegas Golden Knights. And in the east, we got the Lightning and the Islanders. What can you kind of tell me about these series and games to kind of look forward to?
1: Well, starting off with the Lightning and the Islanders, very intriguing series for me, actually. During the regular season, the Islanders have a two-to-one lead in the regular season series. And actually, kind of new news, Stamkos, he's out for the rest of the series, correct?
0: Yes, he that that just came down today. Actually, when we were recording this podcast, Steven Stamkos out uh, ruled out for the rest of the Eastern Conference Finals.
1: So that makes things very very interesting. And actually, the Lightning just took a game one win. Actually, yeah, I, yeah they blew out they blew the Islanders. Out. Yeah,
0: yeah, wow, eight to two. Wow, they dang. scored
1: eight goals without Stamkos. So, so I think
0: that kind of explains what the Lightning are all about. I mean, they right. have some dudes on that team
1: right they definitely have a lot of scores they have a a lot of very functional players that really kind of play into this team that's a definite contender i would say that they're kind of obviously the favorite to win the series, considering they're a much higher seed. I don't know. I think this is going to be a damn good series, though. I think it's going to go to seven, and I really do. And I think the Lightning are going to end up going on to the Cup Finals. But I I don't know. This Islanders team is very scary. That is not a team I would like to play in the playoffs. Wow, they are just, you know, they're really clicking on all cylinders ever since the bubble. Yeah,
0: no joke. Uh, The Islanders, they're on a special run right now. I mean, no one thought they would make it even this far in the playoffs. I definitely did I'm sure people will be writing them off here down 1-0 in the series especially losing in the fashion in the way they did 8-2 so it, it should be interesting i am a islanders believer as well but i'm more of a believer of the lightning i've been beating the lightning drum ever since these playoffs started and, and i think the lightning could actually end up winning this whole dang thing
1: I, I definitely do too i think they're my favorite to win in seven what's your prediction i have them in six 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 wow, games okay. they'll, they'll beat them in six games So there you have it. Moving on to the Western Conference, we have the Dallas Stars and the Vegas Golden Knights. Stars actually have a 1-0 lead over the Knights right now. I believe game two is tomorrow, which is Tuesday the 8th. Uh, So again, that'll come out before this podcast drops. So who knows what's going to happen. But who do you like in this series? Man, the Dallas Stars, they, they just came out of a very entertaining
0: series against the Colorado Avalanche. Beating the Avalanche in seven games there in OT. Heartbreaking loss for the Avs. But a huge win for the Stars. They uh, almost blew a 3-1 lead. They almost pulled the Utah Jazz, almost pulled the Golden State Warriors, (laughs) and blew a 3-1 lead. I like this team. I, I do like the Stars. I will say this. I still think the Avs are a better team than the Stars. But this could be just one of those things where the Stars are hot and, and they're on a run. They're playing a team in Vegas who are right now kind of the odds favorites in the West. But when you have guys like Joe Pavelski and kind of all these veteran guys that the Stars have, that's going to really benefit you in a playoff series, especially in a conference finals playoff series.
1: So I'll tell you, watching the Stars play the Avalanche in that last series, the one thing that really stuck out to me and the reason why they beat the Avalanche is, they are suffocating. The Avs had to work every single possession to pass the blue line. It was right. not an easy, just dump the puck up and, you know, move the puck into the zone. With the Stars, you got to earn it. And you got and with earning even just getting across the blue line, that means you have to earn the shots, you got to earn the passes, you got to earn it all. There's no gimmies playing the Stars team, and I think that's definitely the main reason why they beat the Avalanche. Uh, and we all know how good the Avs are on offense right. too. So yes. that's a big feat. Uh, the Avs are, able to I, I think, the fastest team in the league, and they no were doubt. smothering them. They were smothering their speed. They honestly took McKinnon out of a lot of the series. He obviously still left his impact, considering he's you know top three player in the league. They really smothered his. Speed. They didn't let them really run at all, and that and that's the Avalanche mo is just kill them with your speed. So I, I think this is going to be another good series, and I think I have actually the Knights in six. But don't sleep on the Stars, man. The team is legit. They really just smother you.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I'm gonna have to agree with you on this one. I, I do like the Knights in this series. I, I think they're more of a talented team. But I also thought that about the Stars Av series as well, and the Stars proved me wrong. So look, it's gonna come down to goaltending, just kind of like a lot of series do. Ben Bishop and goal Kedobin too for the stars i mean yeah. he played lights out against the Avs in that series and then you got guys like kind of rob lenner for the vegas knights who is also a guy that can really put in some
1: good playing time for the knights so and mark a. Fleury, flurry too don't forget yep. about him i think the story of this series is going to be which defense cracks first between the knights and the stars you saw this in game one The Stars won 1-0. This was not a very offensive game at all. There's a lot of hitting going on. It's going to be a very physical defensive series. It's just going to kind of see which defense will crack first. All right,
0: E, let's talk some baseball. And can you believe it? There are only about, what, 20 games left in the season for a lot of these teams. Seems like we were just talking about preseason baseball. I mean, this is the shortest Baseball season ever. It's like a glorified spring training. It season, is. Man. I mean, I think we have what the Rays in the in the one spot in the AL. Yep. The White Sox are in the two seats right now. If the season Who ended thought? right now, I'd not. I me. mean,
1: I would have actually thought the Rays. I love that team. I think that team is honestly next to the Dodgers, the best team in the league. Absolutely. they they are. Oh my gosh. That is a dirty, dirty team down there in Tampa. I guess some bubble teams to talk about here going into these playoffs, all vying for that last seed or two. In the AL, we have the Orioles and the Tigers, two definite teams that I thought would be at the bottom of the barrel. They're actually two games back right now and the Mariners... Another team that should be at the bottom of the barrel are three games back. Okay, so you're, they have a fighter's chance right now, they, is, what, is they, what you're telling me. Yes, they can make the playoffs. I don't see uh, any three of them making it, if I'm being yeah. honest. I don't think any three of them are good enough. and Honestly, if any of those slide in, I don't see them really giving anyone a run for their money, especially like the Rays or the Yankees, if they end up overtaking that division, which is not looking like it's going to happen. But the Orioles, Tigers, and Mariners right now, they are cooking. Oh, that's crazy. And and talk about the NL, too. You
0: got the Marlins, Mets, Brewers, and Reds all kind of vying for those last couple playoff spots. I mean, the Rockies are in the seventh spot right now. They are. And you know what I think about the Rockies. I think they have the worst bullpen in baseball. Yeah. So they're kind of just... I don't know. They were the first team all season to uh, beat the Dodgers in a series this year. Very impressive stuff right
1: there. Look out. Rockies are 500. And the Marlins right there, they're actually tied for that last spot. Um, but they're technically out of the playoffs right now. If the season were to end today, just due to, I think, some type of percentage. I think it may be the percentage of the teams that they Winning play, percentage kind of. Or, or, yeah. or versus the other teams, you mean? Right, okay, right, I right. See so so technically, they are, yeah, they're tied for that last place. If the season were to end today, they'd miss the cut. The Mets and the Brewers are both a game back in the Reds two games back That's a team that's scary to me, the Reds right there in striking distance. I think that roster has a lot of potential to get there, especially when Trevor Bauer is pitching the way he is right now. So out of those four teams, the Marlins, Mets, Brewers, and Reds, are there any teams there that you see could really wreak some havoc? I mean, right now we're looking at four NL West teams – in the National League playoffs, yeah. the Giants 8-seed, Rockies 7-seed, Padres 4-seed, and the Dodgers in the 1-seed, right. I think the the Rockies and the Giants could easily, easily slide out.
0: Yeah. Uh, I really no, do No, it's still that. a close... I mean, I think the Rockies are only a couple games out of being out of the playoff picture. Same with the Giants. I mean, right. I think the Rockies were in that 8-spot about what, a few days ago. Right. But going back to your question about the Marlins, Mets, Brewers, or Reds, you know, it's... It, that's a good question. I don't know. I the Marlins and Mets not so much. I don't really see them making a ton of noise even if they do make the playoffs. Of course, that's kind of the I think these standings are kind of just the product of that 60-game season that we're right. experiencing right now. But I think I'm more confident in teams like the Brewers and the Reds to kind of make some noise just because of course the Brewers have been there in recent years past and then you kind of have the Reds who are Man, they were hyped up before the season. They yeah. really were. They got some good players on that
1: team. Very talented roster over yeah. there in Cincinnati. Honestly, I think
0: even if the Brewers and Reds do get in, whether they would play the Dodgers or Braves, even the Cubs, I, I, I'm i not sure if they can win one of those series. I, I think all three of those teams are better teams.
1: Right, I totally agree. I think looking at this playoff picture in the NL right now, if the season were to end today, the Cubs would be the three seed playing the Phillies, the sixth seed, and the Padres, the four seed, playing yeah. the five seed Cardinals. How about the Padres Cardinals matchup? W- I think that might be
0: the most intriguing matchup. Right, if the season ended yep. right now. I
1: like that, and I really like the Cubs and Phillies. I, I think they're too. both going to be great series. I don't know; those are very, very intriguing. Now, especially since that this first round is a best out of three, I could really see some big name teams going down. I mean, yeah, looking at the AL, this is kind of crazy I because know. the How Rays about- are the one seed, and the Yankees, who are struggling heavily right now, are the eight seed. So that's oh my gosh. I I mean, that that right there, in my opinion, should be the ALCS. And you're going to see one of those teams – unfortunately go out in three games right. right away like that i don't like that i don't honestly love this playoff format but anyway the second matchup you have the white Sox and the twins the twins are actually the seven seed that's and also intriguing i think the twins are better than right the white and Sox. That, that was my world series pick a couple
0: weeks ago and then all of a sudden they've slid into that seven spot just barely above the yankees so yep. i mean yeah rays and white Sox kind of anchoring down those two top seeds in the al and then you got the wow well, how about this matchup the oakland a's versus the Houston Astros in that I 3-6 love game. Boy, that would be an entertaining series. Ramon
1: Loriano is going to have a time. It's revenge, yep. yes. His Don't re- forget our hero of the week a few weeks ago, Ramon Loriano. That's our guy. He we m- love him. He might throw
0: a bat this time. He
1: might. I hope so. He, he might commit assault. So <laughs> beware, Houston. That's a team, the Athletics. Very scary. I wouldn't yeah. want to play that team in the playoffs. I think that's a very sneaky, good team. Man, I don't know. What is going on with the Yankees right now, Griff? You know, injuries.
0: They've been banged up. I know that's kind of a weak excuse for a lot of people. But, yeah, they've been banged up. Uh, Stanton can't stay healthy. Aaron Judge in recent years past can't stay healthy. Garrett Cole is just getting shelled right now. Uh, he's yep. not He's not pitching like the pitcher they paid a tons of million dollars to. So... I don't know. The the Yankees are struggling right now, and and this is, like I said, kind of the product of that 60-game season. You know, if if this was a regular 162-game season, you you wouldn't be as harsh on the Yankees as we are now because we'd still have 100 games to play left in that season, so that would be kind of crazy. But
1: I don't know. The Yankees are struggling right now. They got to figure something out. So I'll tell you one thing really standing out to me about the New York Yankees right now. So not not only are they only one game over 500, they're the third best team in the AL East right now, sitting behind the Rays and the Blue Jays. They're six and a half games back of the lead. One thing to me that's absolutely astounding is their run differential right now. They're only plus four. And they're 41 games into the season, and you're supposed to be a contender. You're supposed to be the best team in the AL. You just gave out millions of dollars to Garrett Cole to bring him in to be that last piece to take you over the top. Their offense has been incredibly underwhelming. I mean, 194 runs, that's actually fifth in the AL East. So Uh, I can't even imagine. How many games have they lost in a row? They're 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 on a four-game losing streak. They're three and seven in their last ten. But I'm telling you, it all comes down to run differential. This is why I think that the Dodgers are so damn scary. Their plus ninety-eight run differential is just absolutely insane. Right. Like they're blowing everybody out of the water. All these other teams, the teams that are really good that are kind of sitting in that run differential area, are plus fifty-three, plus fifty-four. Like, for example, the Padres here are plus fifty-three, and then we have the Indians and the White Sox at 53 and 54. So, oh, boy, there's the Colorado Rockies. Oh, uh, Wait, what are they at? Take a guess. Take a gander at what they're at. Okay? Oh, man. Let's see. Well, they're, they're definitely in the their negatives. Re- their record is 20 and 20. 20 okay. and 20. And they're in the seventh seed right in the NL. Okay. So, so the Yankees are 21 and 20, and they have
0: a plus four. Plus four, yes. So you'd want to think that the Rockies are around zero, but
1: I know for a fact they are not. Yeah, no, they are... Negative thirty-five. Wow, that's a miracle that they're they have the record that they do. It then. really is. Honestly, in my opinion, if you have a negative differential, you don't have a shot in the right. playoffs. Well, like look know? at a team
0: like the Padres who have just caught the baseball world by storm right now. Right? What are they at? A plus fifty-eight, I think, is what
1: what I. The last Padres. Well, yeah, it's plus, a plus fifty-three. Yep. Excuse me, plus yep.
0: fifty-three. So. I mean,
1: that is good. That What is that? It's good for second most in the NL? Yeah, and you know what? I'll tell you what. Looking at these stats right here, the runs scored for the Rockies, they have 200. That's kind of middle of the pack, but my goodness, they actually, oh boy, looking at this right now, they have the absolute, oh, okay, the second worst <laughs> runs against in the entire league. Behind the last place, fourteen and twenty eight, Boston Red Sox. You know what? All those people saying the Rockies pitching is shown out this year, I call BS. Okay? Yeah, no, their starting
0: uh, pitching has been decent, but it's their bullpen that is. Oh, really it's atrocious. Cautious. They have the I believe they have the highest uh bullpen ERA in the national league it's as of now. Absolutely probably probably atrocious. the majors. Yeah.
1: So anyway, going back to the Yankees, you cannot be a contender if you're only four over. Okay. Yeah. They literally the Giants have they're literally at zero. So that means the Giants are, the Giants are okay. only four runs worse than the Yankees right now?
0: Yeah, nope.
1: You cannot do that. That's Talk not good enough. about an underwhelming... For that franchise, that is not good yeah. enough.
0: You don't make the playoffs, someone's getting fired. If you don't win the World yeah. Series, someone's getting cut. It's unacceptable. I mean, high
1: expectations over there in New York. I mean, at this point, it looks like the Rays could definitely wax... The Yankees, man. I feel like every time I look at ESPN, the Rays are playing the Yankees, and the Rays are usually whooping up on them. I I will
0: say the Yankees are a good team. I still
1: believe they are a good
0: team. Um, I do too. I think they're just kind of in a rough patch right now. But I I will say the Yankees in a playoff series, I I wouldn't want to play them. Now, E, did did you see over the weekend the whole uh, tobacco up there in Washington? National GM Mike Rizzo was tossed from his suite for yelling at umpires. Now, of course, a part of this umpiring crew, of course, it had to be the one and only Joe West. Of course. Uh, the 67-year-old, I'm pretty sure he's actually on pace right now this season to become the most games umpired in Major League Baseball history. So, a lot of wear and tear on that 67-year-old body for Joe West. But, he ejected Nationals GM Mike Rizzo for yelling. Initially, they thought it was because he wasn't wearing a mask, because, you know, he's standing way up there in his suite. He's I mean, He's all by himself. In the suite. Yeah. So he's standing all the way up there and obviously there's no fans. So you can hear things a lot better in these ballparks. Let's just say Joe West wasn't having it. This is what Joe West said regarding the situation. And I quote, I wouldn't take that from a player. I wouldn't take that from a manager. If it was Donald Trump, I'd eject him too, but I'd still vote for him. So I love, I love how um, Joe was kind of low-key kind of trashing even if the president of the United States, but he reiterated that apparently he is voting for him this November.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This is just a classic Joe West ejection. You know, yeah, just outlandish, got to be in the press. It's just ridiculous. I don't think I've ever seen a GM get ejected game. This I is a either. first for me. It is, especially, you know, I... I'm very intrigued to know what he was saying. I want right. to know what he got tossed for. Cause I can't imagine there were any warnings given right. considering he's up in a box. I don't know. Very interesting. I yeah. wonder if you, are we going to see any, you know, like a suspension or a fine or something come down from know. the MLB? I mean, I, in all I fairness, can't imagine so. Yeah. I mean, Mike Rizzo
0: in all fairness, he's probably very frustrated from his, you know, just the, the way his team is playing. I mean, they're 14 and 25 right now. Yeah. They're buds. Um, I don't know, man, it's, it's, they're struggling this season so far, but all the way up in the upper deck, they can hear this guy yelling so clearly that they can hear what exactly he is yelling to the point where they can just eject him.
1: Yeah, that was a pretty out of the box ejection, if you ask me. <whistles> all right, Griff, it's that time of year. It's my, it's like Christmas for me. This I can't the, believe it. The best time of the year for me. I haven't been able to sleep at night. We're in week one. I'm NFL so football. I'm so pumped. Oh college football like we had mentioned earlier got kicked off this last weekend with a bunch of garbage games SEC and the ACC kicks off here in a couple weeks I believe BYU
0: um, and Navy are playing right now as, as we record are. this podcast and I, I don't know what the score
1: is over there but honestly I could care less I, if
0: any of you guys are <laughs> recording that game we'll, we'll save you the spoiler yeah uh, football's back uh, back in effect here
1: yep football's back week one Thursday night football the Texans and the Chiefs we're going to do a little bit of a week one pick them let's do it Griff I know we do this this actually off the podcast. We are in a pick'em. is it a league I guess technically? Uh, It's like a, 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 yeah I I would call it a league. I'll tell you what after playing in that last year I have some severe hatred for some people including Matt Gay, the kicker for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. (laughs) I'll never forgive him. He could come to the Broncos and win me a Super Bowl, and I'd never forgive him. Yeah, you, no, know you what? hate that guy. I did. That yeah. guy lost me a lot of money. Out he of... blew. I would have won three weeks last year had he not bricked field goals. No. But he's buns. And let that guy's buns. Let me Yeah, let me tell you. It, this thing was
0: coming down to kickers last season. It so was. If it's, if it's coming down to kickers again this season, I'm not even sure if I want to play because it is <laughs> that heartbreaking. I, I remember old man Adam Venateri last year <laughs> broke my heart. Okay, I know he's a future Hall of Famer, one of the greatest kickers to ever live, but I think he drilled like some like 55 yarder against the Broncos to beat him, and I had the Broncos winning. If I would have won that game, I would have won like 250 some, bucks. Was it something. 250 bucks? I was pissed.
1: Weird little flashback though. Do you remember how bad Vinatieri was? In the beginning of the year last year, yeah, oh, yeah, oh my gosh, everyone was like, "Dude, he needs to hang it up right now." Who yeah. Was it Vontae Davis? Is that who retired in the they in were halftime? Call, Indianapolis was
0: calling for a wheelchair. Yeah, yeah, just, <laughs> yeah. he like couldn't even walk on the Time field. Time to call the so senior
1: old. home. Yeah. You know, we I'm not even—he's
0: not even playing anymore this year. He's uh, not. Which Rodrigo Blankenship is actually he gonna, is? hes going to be the kicker for the Colts. Yep. Uh,
1: Kicker out of Georgia, he wears those funky goggles, if yep. you guys don't know They who go who from is. one kicking great to another, yes. okay? Anyways. Man, I'm not a big Georgia guy, but I love Rodrigo. Anyways,
0: little little kicking segment you just got out of us there. But <laughs> let's talk some week one matchups. Let's start with the, of course, Thursday night primetime game between the Houston Texans and the Kansas City Chiefs. That game is at Arrowhead. Are they having fans for that game? Do we know yet? No,
1: no. They, no. I, be- I don't believe so. Okay, because I remember I a
0: couple weeks ago they were saying they were going to allow a few
1: Thousand or something Into the stadium But is that a no-go? Maybe they are I'm, To be perfectly honest with you I'm not sure okay. I'm What's not sure going either. on But I can't imagine They allow enough fans In there to make A home field advantage Yeah So Texans and Chiefs Griff uh, The Chiefs are actually Nine point favorites In my opinion that's That's a steep line Right there hmm. That's a steep line Who do you like?
0: You know, I got to go with the defending Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs here. I think the Texans are actually going to make this game close. I really do. I think both of these teams are very talented and really good teams from just their rosters from top to bottom. But I'm going to go with the Chiefs here just because of what they showcased last year. And I think the Chiefs are just probably one of the best teams in the NFL. I think they're a good team.
1: I definitely agree. I'll double down here with you and take the Chiefs. I think I'm going to take them in a close game in the first half. Then they kind of break it open. I'm going to say 34-20 Chiefs. Okay. I'll go I'll – go, I'm going to go high scoring here just because no, – okay. No, I
0: take it back. We're going to go low scoring just oh because boy, okay. I, these offenses got to find their groove, you know. <laughs> okay. So we're going go to go 20-17. to Wow, so a close you're a close game. Yes. Okay. I, got, I have a close game, but I'm going to give it to the Chiefs. It's week one. They haven't played in a year. Weird off season.
1: Not a lot of Interesting. training camp practices going on. So I'm, I'm going to give it 2017. Moving on to our opening Sunday, the very first game, we have the Seattle Seahawks – Going to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. The Seahawks are point and a half favorites here. Who do you like? I'm going to hammer down on the Seahawks in this game. You said there were 1.5 favorites? Yeah. So okay.
0: Pretty evenly matched according to Vegas, I guess. So but I,
1: technically, I guess on an even playing field at a neutral site, the Seahawks would be favored by four and a half points. Okay. Okay, technically that's the rule. Of I, I
0: do like the Seahawks in this game. I just like the Seahawks in general. Boy, I, I, I just you, you got to go with Russell Wilson, man.
1: I like the Seahawks.
0: If they can get any um, strong defensive presence this year, I think they can make a Super Bowl run. So I'm gonna go
1: Seahawks in this one over the Falcons. I agree with you. The Seahawks actually burn me every year because I say if they their defense steps up, they can yeah, go to the Super Yeah, I feel like, like we're saying this every year. Yeah, I'm kind of getting sick of it. I'm not yep. going to lie. But yeah, I got the Seahawks here. I actually have them in a closer game than I think a lot of people are predicting. Okay. Um, I think it's going to be a defensive battle 17 10 seahawks okay so i have an i have this one as another close one actually i'm going 24
0: 21 another three point game seahawks over the falcons all right our next matchup here next 11 a.m game we've got a bond burner in this one between the new york jets and the buffalo bills bills are the home team here they're about a touchdown favorite who do you like in this
1: game i like the bills i don't like them a lot yeah. but i like the bills the Bills, another frustrating team to me, always, in my opinion, a little bit overhyped. Their defense is very good, though, yep. in my opinion, top five, top seven in the I league, agree. but the offense, I just stay not believing in Josh Allen. Okay. I just, you've got a rocking arm. I don't, I, I don't buy into him. I like
0: Josh Allen, and I think I'm going to disagree with you on this one. I got the Bills big in this game. I think Sam Darnold's going to struggle first game of the year. He's going to. I kind of have to get used to that offense a little bit. But I like the Bills on this one. I think the the Bills are going to rely on that running game, that offensive line. Kind of take that stress off Josh Allen a little bit. I have them beating the Jets. Let's see. I will go 31-14. to
1: 14. I like them smokes. big. They're going to cover that spread. Okay. All right. So I, too, I actually do like the Bills. I don't like them. Necessarily for the season, but I like them in this game. Okay. But again, I think this is going to be kind of brutal. I got a seventeen to six ball game here. Oh It's going to be just a wow. gross.
0: You're going to bore me to death with yeah. that game. Yes, a actually. Sunday nap.
1: What's more boring than the Jets and the Bills? Actually, that's a that's an eleven a.m. kickoff, right? Okay, I, I might just sleep in through that <laughs> one. Okay, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that one. Yeah, definitely sleeping. I will miss a lot of the other games though, so I'm not going to do that. So there you have it, seventeen to six Bills in my opinion. Moving on to a possibly even more boring matchup <laughs> these are two bad teams the I think. Chicago Bears visiting the Detroit Lions oh, um, Gag me the, with a spoon actually wow this is interesting here the Lions are three point favorites meaning okay. on a neutral field then again I don't even really know if, if betting places are taking into consideration a home field advantage especially because in normal years usually the house gives them a three point buffer True. that's why I keep referring to on a neutral field usually they'd be about even yeah. usually it's around three points, give or take, on the matchup. Obviously, teams like the Chiefs are a little bit more inflated because right. they have more of a home field advantage than, say, the San Diego... Oh, sorry, the Los yeah, Angeles yeah, Chargers
0: excuse you. still trying to fix that. That's going to um, hurt some Chargers fans
1: out it there. Is. I'm, I'm sure what Chargers want... fans? They don't have any. Hey, you're right, sorry. Alright, so going back to the Lions and the Bears here. Lions, three-point favorites at home. Boy, I... I like the it's Bears. To- I think this is a toss-up. We got another close game here. I, I see
0: I'm gonna go Lions here. Th- really? I'm gonna go Lions here just because of the quarterback play. I don't think okay. Trubisky can get the job done. I'm gonna I'm gonna side with Matt Stafford on this. I- I- it comes down to quarterback play in the NFL. I'll go Lions here. I- I'll
1: do a weird score this game. Sixteen to seven. Terrible. That's exactly game. what the score is gonna be Sixteen to seven. A lot of field goals. Game. Well, okay, the Bears though. Right now, you want to talk about hyping someone up? They are hyping up Trubisky. No, they. Oh are. my word! Yeah, they are.
0: Well, they named him the starter in case you guys yep. missed it. They, Beat they, out they Foles.
1: named him over Super Bowl champion Nick Foles. Super Bowl MVP. MVP.
0: Yep. Uh, yep. So they're going with the younger guy. I, I was actually expecting them to go Foles week one and then kind of see what happens. Maybe give Trubisky a shot later down the road. But they're going Trubisky right out of the gate.
1: Yep. I think. Well, honestly, I think the Bears are at the point where if Trubisky doesn't work out this year toodles i think he's done i think they kind of almost had to name him the starter if they had any hope for him right because if they don't and you bench him and then he comes back in that's just such a bad look for the bears such a bad look for trubisky yeah um so anyway going back to this game i actually like the bears here i don't even know if i want to give you a score yeah it's gonna be like i think we should just stop giving scores it's gonna be like 21 and 17 21-17? Twenty-one to seventeen. Okay, maybe it that's could a close be, game, though. It could be six to three. Yeah. I don't know, dude. Well, this this team is yeah. or these teams are just yeah. I got
0: well, I got some good news for you. Our next game here, it's going to be a little more entertaining, I think. Yes, sir. How about the Green Bay Packers versus the Minnesota Vikings. That game is in Minnesota. Who do you think is coming out of that one? That's uh, an evenly matched game. Both of those teams. Gonna try to really win that division this year.
1: I think the Vikings come out on top. I think the Packers are. I think they're frauds. Okay. I think that team is not as good as everyone says it is. Again, this is probably gonna be another hot take. I'm gonna have to apologize for. But I. I really don't think the Packers are very good other okay. than Aaron Rodgers. I think they're stepping up their defense a little bit, but other than Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. What weapons do they have? Geronimo yeah. Allison? Is he really going to kill you? No. Are you really going to have to game plan a whole lot for Geronimo Allison? I don't know, man. Well, um, not to mention, I just think that defense has a ton of holes. I Packers. do too. And uh, They're improving, but they're still not
0: and when, there. And when Rodgers isn't playing well, they're just not a very good team. I think they have a pretty decent run game, but I do like the Vikings as well in this game. I'll, I'll take the Vikings here. 31-24. to 24. It's a little high sc- okay. more high scoring of a game, but... Like you said, I think the Packers were actually like the fifth best team in the NFC last mm-hmm. year. I really do think that. And they made the NFC conference game. They did. So, and I, and I think they didn't even deserve to be there. I thought the Seahawks were a better team. I
1: really honestly thought the Vikings were a better team. I think they are a more
0: physical, tougher team. So. Yep.
1: I like the, the Vikings in this game. I believe I'm going to go 31-27. I think it's going to be a close game. This game is always close. No one's really ever blown out each other in that series. So I think I'm going to take the Vikings 31-27. Moving on, the Dolphins at... The Patriots here. The Patriots are six and a half point favorites. What do you think here? It, Ryan Fitzpatrick did just get named right. starter. Are you um, I wish it by was that. I don't know if I'd say surprised. I think I would just say a little disappointed because I yeah. want to see Tua play selfishly. Well, I think um, he will eventually. It'll for be sure. week four. Yeah, because I, I
0: don't think the Dolphins are that good to be able to, you know, be right. three and one or four and one, five I games agree. in where they can kind of keep playing Fitzpatrick. I like uh, we'll see
1: Tua eventually. Fitz Magic, man, that's my guy. I know.
0: I, I I hate doubting the guy though. He's just I he's, do too. he's such a legend.
1: He is. Yep, a uh, journeyman that is right. also a legend. Um, so and Griff, then, who do you have here?
0: Well. I'm going to go with the Patriots here. Uh, They're touchdown favorites. I I just don't think the Dolphins are a very good football team. And meanwhile, I think the Pats are still a pretty good team. I really do. Of course, you know, you still got Bill Belichick over there. Whenever you have Bill Belichick as a coach, he'll put you in situations to win ball games just mm-hmm. with his coaching alone. So and of course we got Cam Newton quarterbacking that team now. I do like the Patriots. I have them win in here. We'll go
1: 35-14 Pats. Wow. Yep. So they're going to blow them out, huh? Yep. So you think Cam's really going to be F- clicking on all cylinders in there? That's interesting. I think so. I think if any team's going to be prepared it's going to be the Pats. I totally agree. I mean, obviously, cannot bet against Bill Belichick. One thing I think they're gonna their defense took some major hits, losing Patrick Chung, losing a lot of guys to opt out. That's fair. Um, I think I'm going to take the Pats here too, but I think it's going to be a very low scoring game. I think it's going to be a lot closer than a lot of people think. I think I'm going to take the Pats fourteen to ten. Okay, all right. That's a very low scoring game. I think Cam's going to have to get used to that offense. Yeah, you know, he's only really played. Obviously, he's only played in Carolina, but they really made the system around him. I don't know if that's going to really happen in New England. Belichick's never really been a guy to shape a system around a certain guy. You either fit or you're cut. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Cam. Obviously, quarterbacks are different than right. you know receivers, things like that. But yeah, I'm going to take 14-10 to here, the Pats. Another kind of a crummy game, 11 a.m. game. The Eagles are visiting the... Football team? The Washington, the Washington football, football team, team yes. I guess they're called. Yeah, that they're name vi- didn't change. Yeah, they're vis- They're visiting Washington. The Eagles are six-point favorites. In my opinion, I think this game is going to be a bloodbath. I think Washington yeah. is garbage, and <laughs> I don't see a whole lot of bright spots on that team. I think Dwayne Haskins is kind of a bum. I love Chase Young. He's awesome, but yeah. I think Haskins, not a huge fan. So I think I'm going to take the Eagles here 31-14. to 14. Wow, okay. So that's not a very close game. No, and and I'm honestly not a... Real big believer in the Eagles either, but I just think that lowly okay. of Washington. Get this, all right? I actually oh have boy. the
0: Eagles winning this game. Okay, but me I think the Eagles are really, really good. I like what I like the Eagles. I think I don't know. We'll see what happens throughout the season. Maybe they make a trade or two. But I think they're a trade or two from really be, being that Super Bowl contender team. Really, like they were a few years ago. So in that case, I'll go Eagles. I'll go a little low, less scoring game that you predicted, but we'll go. Um, to So they're still going to beat him by two touchdowns, but I just don't think Washington can score any points.
1: What do you think about Haskins? Am I being too harsh on him? I think he he has a
0: strong arm, and I I just don't think he's very accurate. But I think he could improve his accuracy with experience, but we'll just have to find out and see. I don't know. Uh, He's got a big arm, but I'm not sure if I
1: liked what I saw from him last year. You want to hear a hot take? Yes. That I'm probably going to, again, apologize for. I think... Washington's going to suck and get a top-two pick. Okay. And I think they're going to take the dude from North Dakota State, Trey Lance. Yeah. I think he's going to be a football team member, I guess you call him. Yeah. By the, <laughs> by the end yeah. of the year, you know, by the end of next draft. I don't know. I don't love what's going on up there in Washington, especially with Ron Rivera now battling cancer. I love Rivera as a coach, but that poor guy, he's already got a lot on his plate with that football team. Yeah, that's, and now that, I feel that's, bad for him. Yeah, I really do. Real rough, uh, so. Our
0: prayers are out to um – Ron Rivera, just with all that stuff, he's fighting with the cancer. But please pray for him, too, with that football team. Yeah. They're, they they're, they just suck.
1: Yep, I agree. Moving on here, this is going to be another 11 a.m. game. We have the Raiders visiting the Panthers. Raiders are three-point favorites. This very intriguing matchup for me.
0: Yeah, I, I think the Panthers actually win this game. Teddy Bridgewater, with that experience, kind of in that shortened off season, I think he actually leads the Panthers with a victory over the Raiders by a score of 20-13. to 20-13. 20-13. We'll that. that sounds good.
1: Yeah, very intriguing matchup here. Honestly, I think it's kind of a coin flip, but I think I'm going to take the Raiders in a 27-20 ball game. I think it's going to be an entertaining game. I just don't think either team is very good. But yeah, anyway, moving on to Jacksonville, we have the Colts visiting in town. Indianapolis is... Eight-point favorites right now. I think the Jags are really bad, dude. You think? Really, really you think bad. think the Jags are I think bad. they're going to get the first pick. And you I really
0: don't think they're as bad as people are really? making them out to seem. I Yeah. I liked what I saw from Gardner Minshew last year. I like Gardner Minshew more than I like, you know, what's his name? Dwayne Haskins.
1: Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> Me I, too, but that's not saying a whole lot.
0: Yeah, but he's a young quarterback, so you don't really know what you're gonna get out of Minshew out there in Jacksonville. So I see where you're
1: coming from. I do like the Colts big in this one, though. So super off topic, rumors going around. I think it was last week. If the Jags get the number one pick and they take Trevor Lawrence, okay? right. They just say whatever to Minshew, you know, and get rid of him, move on to Trevor Lawrence. Do you think there's any chance Dabo Sweeney goes down there with him? There's a lot of rumors heating up that he might follow Trevor Lawrence, but you know that's an
0: appetizing thought, e. But I don't. I think he's gonna. I, I think he's just the perfect. College coach. I agree. I do. I think he's whether he stays at Clemson or eventually ends up at his alma mater at Alabama. I think he's going to stay in the college game.
1: Yep, I agree. And I think either way, Clemson will be just fine because I already know their next coaching move is going to be their defensive coordinator, Brent Venables. Brent Venables. He yeah. is just a lock for that position whenever Dabo leaves, or or maybe Dabo stays and Brent Venables will just be a defensive coordinator for the rest of his life. I don't know, but I really love that coaching staff over there at Clemson. Moving on. The Browns visiting the Ravens. The Ravens are eight point favorites here. Uh, Browns are, man, they had so much hype going in last year. They did. Boy, did they lay an egg. And now
0: they're not hyped at all because of the season that they had.
1: Right. So, yeah, Browns,
0: Ravens. I don't think the Browns have a shot in this game. If I I'm don't either. Honest. Uh, Lamar Jackson's gonna run all over him but like I said I think the Baker Mayfield can kind of turn into that franchise quarterback that the Browns are kind of hoping that he can be I think they might end up having a better season than they did last year Uh, I think the Browns are so talented man it it just depends on whether they can put it together and quite frankly I think that franchise is cursed and that that's another segment we can talk about another day but man I
1: think they're cursed yep shout out to the Browns fans for staying loyal yeah Uh, we love them you know who you are our prayers are always with you. Yep. Yeah, I like I like the Ravens in this game. I don't think it's going to be very close. I think it well, I think it'll be decent. I think it'll be 31-21, to 21, the Ravens. I do like the Browns, though. I, I think they might be in the running for the wild card, but they're definitely going to improve from last year. No doubt. Moving on to our next game, the Chargers visiting the Bengals and rookie quarterback Joe Burrow. Griff, what do you like here?
0: Well, this is an interesting matchup. Of course, uh, the Chargers departing from Phillip Rivers after what it seemed like he was there for about 50 years. But yeah, Chargers, I think they're going with Tyrod Taylor to start things off week one. I think I'm going to go with the Chargers here just because I think they're just more of an experience Team, I think Tyrod's going to play better than Joe Burrow in his debut. So I, I have the Chargers winning this game by a score of 31 to 23. I think it'll, it'll be a close, but mm-hmm. I, I think Tyrod's going to edge Joe.
1: Yep, and I like the Chargers 24 to 14. Okay, moving on. This could actually be the best game and I most think- intriguing game of. The week. Probably game of the week right here. We have the Buccaneers and Tom Brady visiting New Orleans Saints. Can can I start us off here? Yes. This game. Real quick, the Saints are three and a half point favorites. Keep in mind. Okay.
0: I think this is going to be a very high scoring game. There's no doubt about it. This is such
1: an NFC East, or I'm
0: sorry, NFC South game. Oh my gosh. Well, let's think about the quarterbacks that are playing in this game. I mean, two future first ballot Hall of Famers in in Drew Brees and Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. I actually have this game. Get this. It's going to be... 42 to 38. This is going to be a high scoring game. Okay. I'm going to give it to the Saints just because I think Tom Brady, it's going to take him a couple weeks to get familiar with this offense. And I think the Saints are just that good. I think the Saints could also be a Super Bowl contender this year.
1: Yep, absolutely. I really love the Saints. They're actually kind of my pick to win the Super Bowl as long as Drew Brees stays on track and kind of rebounds from his down year last year. He didn't play great. I actually like the Buccaneers here. I think I'm going to say 38 31. It's going to be, like you said, it's going to be a very high scoring game. So, yeah, that's our game of the week. Moving on to the West Coast, actually. We have the Arizona Cardinals visiting the San Francisco 49ers. Niners are seven-point favorites, which I, in my opinion, is a little bit steep and disrespectful to the Cardinals because I think they are vastly improved. I agree. Um, But I do have the Niners here. I have them 31 to 28.
0: Okay. Well, you know, I, I think the Cardinals do keep this game close. Closer than a lot of people probably think. Uh, but I do have the Niners as well, edging the Cardinals out here. I, I love what the Cardinals are doing, man. I, I They kind of almost have this, like, college offense approach. Uh, yeah. Of course, you know, Cliff Kingsbury coming over from Texas Tech, and then Kyler Murray was just a god in college. Do they mean, pick up Hopkins? They get Isaiah he's Simmons? A, he's just the perfect spread offense quarterback, Kyler Murray. Yeah. I, I do have the Niners, though, like I said, in this game. Uh, I think it's going to be... 30 to 27 game. It's going to be close. It's going to come down
1: to a game-winning field goal from the Niners. Absolutely. Moving on to our Sunday night game, intriguing matchup here. We have the Dallas Cowboys visiting the LA Rams. The Cowboys are 3-point favorites. In this game, honestly, I oh man. I think I like the Cowboys. Yeah. Boy, I'm going to say that's Cowboys 27-24. But, man, I think the Rams might bounce back a little bit this year. Not a whole lot of people are high on them. But, man, I really love Cam Akers. And I think him in that offense, I don't want to say Todd Gurley-esque vibes with, like, how he's going to end up playing. Right. Like, the production value, obviously, he doesn't really play as much like Gurley. But I really think he's going to make a huge impact on that offense and make them what they were when Gurley was there. Um, so. Maybe not necessarily be the full bell cow, but add that extra element to that offense that takes a lot of the pressure off of Jared Goff's shoulders, which I think in order for him to succeed as an NFL quarterback, that's what needs to happen. Obviously, you saw that when they went to the Super Bowl and lost to the Patriots, but I, I really think he's going to add that extra element. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be a good Sunday night game. I really do. I think both these teams are pretty
0: evenly matched. I really do think so. But but I, I, I got to tell you something. Do not doubt Sean McVay. That's all Absolutely. I'm gonna say. That, I mean, I, I know I know he's known around the league as an offensive mastermind, but he's gonna have the troops ready to play this Sunday night. I really do think so. I have the Rams over the Cowboys by a score of 27 to 17.
1: Moving on to Monday night, the first game of the doubleheader, we have the Steelers visiting the Giants. We have the Steelers as five and a half point favorites. Griff, what do you like here?
0: Uh, I do like the Steelers. I think the Steelers are actually going to have a really good season. I really do. The Steelers, I, really? Yeah, I I think um, just with Big Ben coming back, they're going to get more production out of that receiving corpse uh, with guys like Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster. Look for those guys to have big years, and I think that's going to help out the offense a lot. Uh, of course, they got guys like James Conner holding down the run game over there. Um, but I think they're just a better team than the Giants at this point. Uh, I think the Giants are still kind of a rebuilding team, young team, uh, with Guys like Daniel Jones, uh, in for him. Uh, but I do like the Giants here in this Game 1 doubleheader Monday night game.
1: Interesting. I uh, I actually like the Giants here. I'm going to okay. come out and do it. I think I like Daniel. Upset alert. Yep, upset alert. I like uh, Daniel Jones a lot um, coming into this year. I think he's going to take a step. He was playing some pretty good ball there towards the end of the year. But I think he's really going to take an extra jump here. So I, I actually like the Giants. I'm going to say Giants 31-24. Okay. On to our last game of the week. We have the Tennessee Titans visiting the Denver Broncos. The Broncos are point-and-a-half favorites here. Griff, give us lowdown.
0: You know, I think this is going to be a very close game. I'm going to edge with the Broncos. Just because um, of that defense and kind of what they bring when they're at home, of course, there's not going to be any fans. But I think they just play well at home in general. But I think it's going to take a few weeks for Drew Locke and the offense and offensive coordinator Pat Shermer to kind of get things going. But I do have them winning this game solely based off their defense. I think um, they're going to stop the run and Derrick Henry. I think they're going to. It's going to be tough to tackle them in the first quarter since you know they haven't really been tackling very much this right. summer. So I think he's going to have a big first quarter, Derrick Henry. But they're going to make adjustments, shut him down. I like the Broncos in this one. A little more of a low-scoring game. 20 to 14. I like the Broncos. They're going to hold the Titans to 14 points.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I like the Broncos here too. I definitely agree that this offense is going to take a few weeks to get going. I think a lot of people are going to be discouraged with Drew Locke just from the immediate impact he's going to have in these first few weeks. I mean, he's only played... He's only played five, five games, games, so yeah, he's four and one as a starter. There's gonna would, be growing pains, right? There's gonna be growing pains, especially in this new offense. But man, they have some explosive offensive additions: KJ Hamler, Melvin Gordon, and my favorite. Jerry Judy. Jerry I think Judy. he's going to come in and make a huge impact right away. Yep. Clear-cut number two receiver for the Broncos right now. Careful. By the end of the year, I think he's going to be the number one. I really? really think Jerry Judy is that good. Wow. And that is not a knock on Cortland Sutton. I mean, Sutton. Cortland Sutton's a pro bowler. That's a hot No, that's take. what I mean. I don't. That's what I mean. It's not a knock on Cortland Sutton. I think Jerry Judy is just... Incredible. No, I, I the agree. The way with he you. runs his routes, the way he comes out of his breaks. I mean, you even had Broncos defenders saying that cream Jackson was saying the other day, they've, he's never seen a receiver rookie or veteran ever be able to come out of his breaks the way he does. He just yeah. gets it. He's just got that X factor. He, I think he could um, end up
0: being one of the best route runners to ever play in the league. I agree. I, really and I think, think he's that.
1: already up there in top 10 in the league, in my opinion. Yeah. And um, he's hasn't even played an NFL down and he's only going to get better. So yeah, I like the Broncos here too, but I, Also think it's going to be very low scoring, 17 to 13. How about some games to watch for this week? Absolutely. I think a gimme game here is the Buccaneers and the Saints. Tom Brady in a Buccaneers uniform for the first time. Um, We both just talked about how it's going to be very high scoring. I think that's going to be a great and very entertaining game. Um, I'm a little upset it's not the Sunday night game or one of the Monday night games, uh, but we'll get to watch them at 225 Mountain Time on Fox Network. Well, E, uh, I'm going to go with the Texans Chiefs just with the uh, it's the
0: first game back, man. First game of the NFL season after all the stuff we've been through uh, with having no sports uh, throughout the six months. I mean, it's just what a feeling it has to have football back. Um, We're going to go Texans Chiefs this Thursday night football uh, Two AFC playoff teams should be a good one and very entertaining.
1: (whistles) All right, E, any closing thoughts from you? Absolutely. Check out our website, showcasesportsmedia.com. Follow us on Instagram at Showcase Sports Media. If you guys like our podcast, go ahead and give us five stars and a rating. Um, that would be very helpful. Well, that's going to be a wrap from us. Cheers from Showcase Sports
0: Media. We'll see you next week.